You are listening to the Sermon Podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Denver, Colorado. And you can find out more about us at houseforall.org. Grace, peace, and mercy are yours from the triune God. Amen. Kids these days, yeah, you're already laughing, is a flippant term I often use to show my anger, frustration, and misunderstanding of generations younger than I am. Last night, I was at work, and the word they used was, no cap, bruh. Okay, bruh, I got, is short abbreviation for bro, brother. Right? Even y'all know bro, but now it's bro, right? Not bro. Okay, then no cap. What does that mean? No lies. How, how do we get there? How do we get there? No cap. Throughout our collective lives, we have sought to categorize ourselves into what we call generations. We have the boomers. Raise your hand if you're a boomer. Take pride in it. What's a characteristic of your generation? Selfish. Are there any others within the boomer generation that would like to rebuff his argument? Yes. Woodstock. Okay. Yes, this is yes. Okay. Gen X. Yeah. Raise your hand. What's a characteristic about y'all? Okay, we got it. Millennials. Millennials. Yes, what's the characteristic about your generation? Yeah, you're new. Go ahead. Yes, okay. Anybody else? Technology? Noncommittal? Yeah, mistrust of institutions? Um, Gen Z. This is getting young. Yeah, what is it? What's characteristic of your generation? If you want to share. Yes, good one. Oversensitive. And then we have this thing called Generation Alpha. Yeah, did y'all know that? That's the proper term for those kids. Generation Alpha. And who knows what they're going to turn into. Anyways, there is something about our own generations and their need to say how they are the greatest and how the others before or after them are to blame. Millennials blame boomers. Gen Z blames everyone. And it goes on and on and on. We see it in our politics. Y'all, just a minute. We got to focus on the sermon. We're getting too messy. We see it in our politics when we argue about what age someone should or should not be as they're allowed to hold elected office. And others who are discounted because they are just young high school activists who just need to grow up and stop complaining. All characters in this story experience vulnerability because of their generation. Simeon experiences his own vulnerability as an old man who is stuck in the temple now, praising God. Anna, we heard, was a widow and probably relies on the temple for everything. Food, shelter, Jesus. Well, no, at that time it's God. Eventually Jesus. Then we have Joseph and Mary and the vulnerability of their generation. They would be like a what? 
a millennial Gen Z starting off. Why? Because we have two turtle doves. In Jewish law, we know that two turtle doves means that they are poor, poor of poor. Then you have Jesus, a child, seen as people that adults shouldn't interact with because they like to gossip. Yeah, that's what it actually was. Their vulnerability all leads them to the temple for respite and for freedom. But it's also quite risky. The church has not always been a place where vulnerability is respected and understood. If only the younger generation would bring their kids to church every week like we used to. If only the church could be a place where I could bring my kids or not bring my kids and simply rest and allow us all to experience the love of Jesus, whether they be loud or a newborn sleeping and cooing, where I could just sit down and rest from trying to hold back the floodgates of generational trauma. And why can't other generations appreciate what we have done, the trails we have blazed? Do they know just how hard it is to walk around in this aging body and have people walking fast on your ass at the mall, driving fast and cutting you off in traffic, and don't even get started on accessibility? I can't even get anywhere I need to. I'm lonely. I can't do enough to keep myself occupied. Who knows what specialist I need to see this week, and what is next? Cancer? Anything else? What am I going to do if I can't drive? How can I ever be free if I move into a long-term care housing? And the middle-aged, the sandwich generation I've learned, taking care of almost adult children and for aging parents, trying to do all you can do. Wanting to do it all is pulling you apart. You are operating crisis from crisis. The college grad moves back in. Mother-in-law fell and broke her hip. You planned on retiring soon, but now that is out of the question. Oh, yeah. And be sure you take the dogs out, feed them, and drink a glass of water at least once a day. All with the existential dread that you are failing and not doing it the right way. The realities of our generation show up with us like luggage on a family Disney vacation when you each get two bags to fly free on Southwest. You packed everything you need, but then you pack all that stuff you just might need, and then you pack those things that you just packed because you have the space. So when Mary and Joseph bring Jesus into the temple for ritual time, we find Simeon and Anna who not only desire to be in relationship with Jesus, but also see the future, salvation, the coming of the kingdom of God, though it's not filled, crying, and only to get worse. And suddenly, it seems like the generational categories with their hierarchy, characteristics, and guilt all seem to melt away. I had my own Simeon and Anna morning moment on internship. You all know that I love old people. I've worked as a certified nursing assistant in the nursing homes, all of that. There's this one old lady who we needed to finally go visit. It had been months. So we made a commitment. My last three months, I was going to visit her every other week. It's hard when I was in that big body back then, but more on top of that, she had talked to the pastor ahead of time and heard out that I was trans non-binary. That's always interesting. So, like my good mentor does, is has a conversation with her ahead of time. How do you want this conversation to Wiley with Go? What do you want to know about Wiley? So I showed up, scared as all hell, sit, I bring her ice cream, because it's a hot day, you have to have ice cream. And she said, what is it like for you to be non-binary? My characteristics of an older generation, I don't trust them. 
I'm afraid I'm going to get hurt. They're rigid. They love their perfect boxes. And what is her expectation of my, and characteristics of my generation? They keep on adding letters to the alphabet. I can't keep up. I'm just trying to stay alive, and now they're going to throw something else at me. What do I have to learn from this young whippersnapper that just came out of seminary with a master's degree but is only 27 years old? And we sat there, and we allowed each other to just be curious. What is it like for her to live where she lives now and experience that loneliness? What is it like to experience in loneliness because of my own identities? We were willing to learn together to put the judgments and preconceived ideas aside being willing to express our love for each other no matter what. And suddenly, it seems like the generational categories with their hierarchy, characteristics, and guilt all seem to melt away. I have to tell you, this intergenerational transformation is not for the faint of heart. And yet, it is in that moment in the temple, it is in the moments when we dare to hold our collective breaths, all walk toward each other in faith, and finally allow the Spirit to destroy our walls and pierce our souls. I wondered this week about what people made of children in those days, and I learned something interesting. Before, I alluded to how children were not supposed to talk to parents because they were afraid of bringing in the gossip. So in the household, the men would be with the brothers on one side of the house, right? And the woman and the children would be on the other side. There were strict divisions, just what we did, right? And the children were supposedly a threat to the parents, because they knew all the secrets. So if the children can go all around the house, they can spread all the secrets around. So when you have people say, um, children, don't come here, and then Jesus says, let the little children come to me, right? Jesus is going against their customary about what is supposed to maintain secret in certain spheres. Stephen Sondheim, raise your hand, yeah, yeah, yeah. You look like you don't know him. Do you know him? It's all good. We're going to educate you. Stephen Seinheim wrote so many American musicals, and two of them were put together when their songs came together. Not While I'm Around, from Sweeney Todd, Demon Barber of Fleet Street, a very dark and gory musical, and then put that with Children Will Listen, from Into the Woods, by The Witch. The Witch in Children Will Listen is basically warning the adults about, like, what you're doing has consequences, right? The, sk- the spells you cast, whatever you do. And then Sweeney Todd, not while I'm around, is actually Toby, the little boy, singing to Mrs. Lovett as, she try- as he tries to protect her, the child protecting the adult, and saying that no matter what, I'm here to protect you. I will guard you. The songs are musicals apart, years apart, stories apart but yet they sing back and forth to each other like Simeon and Anna, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. The interrelationship the two have. The kid needs to look for the adult for survival, and the adult needs that child to make sure that they can actually be whole once again. Dear house, and suddenly among the body of Christ, it seems like the generational categories with their hierarchy characteristics and guilt all seem to melt away. An unfolding, unexpected revelation once again, one that Jesus' very body, humanity, offers us.
beloved children spread the rumors, the smiles, the giggles, the joys out of what it means to be alive and live in God's life. Lay down your baggage at the door and rediscover the child in you and others, one that offers salvation and the kingdom of heaven. Lay down your expectations. Simply show up and be, and maybe sit uncomfortable for a time, but be yourself nonetheless. Take a step back or go up into the balcony and see how God sees it, how Jesus enfleshed it, how the Spirit makes it. A God who truly draws unlikely people together, people that this world and ourselves have tried to separate and create hostility between. There's a hymn written about 98 called For Everyone Born. It's in the Presbyterian hymnal. You all have probably not heard of it. Yeah, Eric's got it. This is one of the verses. For everyone born. Sorry, just kidding. For young and for old, a place at the table, a voice to be heard, a part in the song. The hands of a child in hands that are wrinkled. For young and for old, the right to belong. And God will delight when we are creators of justice and joy, compassion and peace. Yes, God will delight when we are creators of justice, justice and joy. For God most certainly delights when we create in our own bodies and in our collective body an array of humanity for the sake of justice and joy. Lord, now you are dismissing your servants in peace according to your word. For our eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel, and for all of this beautiful and broken world. Amen. You've been listening to the sermon podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. If you would like to support the ongoing ministry of our church, please visit our website at houseforall.org slash giving.